Hello, Rob Report on 970 WDAY and 93.1 FM. Call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Nateel, how's it going? Pretty good today. It's a nice, cool day. We're expecting some sunshine here in a few hours. I'm, I'm looking forward to a little sunshine and a nice 70-degree day. I might take a bike ride this afternoon. Yeah. You know, speaking of, uh, speaking of weather, we're actually going to be talking a little bit about weather modification later in the show. It's been a big issue in North Dakota. There are seven counties, well, six counties and then part of, of Slope County, uh, which practice weather modification in North Dakota. It's been making a lot of headlines. Obviously, there's a very severe drought impacting the state. Uh, impacting one of our most important industries, obviously agriculture. And that has caused, I I think, some long-simmering resentments over weather modification to bubble to the the surface. We have on Ward County farmer Nathan Smith, who has been doing a a ton of research on this. He's been very vocal on this, Ward County uh, being one of the the counties in the state that are considering ending this program. Um, so we're going to talk about this. This is something that the taxpayers are in, in the current biennium are going to be spending millions of dollars on. I think over over six million dollars. That's in actually an increase from about three point four million. I think we're up to maybe six point eight million, six point somewhere over nearly seven million. A lot of money. And it's been increasing in North Dakota, even as other states back away from weather modification, even as the federal government since the 1970s has been slowing down research and funding into weather modification because it's it's well it's a little dubious Natil. and and to me i i think of it it sounds hubristic to me like it it sounds like an act of hubris the idea that that human beings are going to try to manipulate the weather i just don't think i don't think that that is a, a fruitful a fruitful pursuit of our time so anyway, we're going to talk with Nathan Smith about it a little bit later in the program. Um, I think it's interesting, and we certainly welcome your comments, your questions about weather modification, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it works like they say it works. Well, and they're not even necessarily like touting that it works a whole lot. It seems to work better on, on hail, which maybe is a thing, but... Even then, the the percentage numbers aren't huge. Yeah. Well, the the, the numbers that I saw in a Bismarck Tribune article, they were saying, uh, let's see. Okay, Darren Langerud, he's the director of the North Dakota Atmospheric Research Board. Now, this is the basically the state agency that that licenses weather modification outfits and that handle you know administers a lot of the funding for the programs uh, th- through the state. Um, he is claiming that North Dakota's program has suppressed hail by 45% and increased rainfall by 5 to 10%. Now, that increase in rainfall is 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 pretty small, but but the hail thing I think is interesting because Ward County, where I live up here, that's that's Minot, has a weather modification program, been doing it for decades now. Hail insurance hail insurance prices in Ward County are as much as 30% higher than in surrounding counties. So if, if weather modification is doing such a great job of mitigating the risk of hail to crops, then why is hail insurance cost so much more here? That's, a, that's actually a really interesting point because I, I guess I hadn't heard the specific number about um, hail. I, I was thinking more of the, the rain number, that 4 to 5% marker, which seems... He's saying 5 to 10%, oh, five which to doesn't 10, seem okay. like much. No, yeah, that doesn't seem like, like much if it's having you know an effect at all. But 
that that hail question, I think maybe needs some answering. Right. And, and then also, and, and Nathan can speak more to that a little bit later in the program, but, but also there's the other thing. Okay, so if we make it rain, let's suppose we can make it rain in a given area, right? So let's say... Let's say Ward County up here, we're, we're doing flights, we're making it rain a little bit more here. What if that decreases the amount of rain that other places get? Is that fair to them? If, if Ward County makes it rain in Ward County, then what happens in neighboring counties? Uh, you know, are, are we taking their rain away? Are we making it drier there? I, I'm not sure that we necessarily know. Are, are we making it rain or are we just changing when and where it rains and if, if if all we're doing is changing when and where it rains then that this seems like a I, again it just seems like we're just sort of rearranging deck chairs on on the titanic right we're, we're not we're not really accomplishing anything because okay we're helping one area but we're hurting another area does that help i don't i don't know that it does and also it it seems i, I don't understand how both can be true like okay so we're, we're suppressing hail but we're increasing rain. Well, how can cloud seeding do both? Right? So if you go up and you seed a cloud and it reduces, like it, it mitigates a hailstorm, then how does it make it rain? Right? Because it seems to me like if, if you're if you're making the storm go away, then how is it going to rain? I mean, obviously you don't want damaging storms, but storms have rain in them. And, and so if, that, if that's the impact of seeding a cloud, I don't know. I mean, to me, there's a lot of unanswered questions here. And, and there's a part of me that wonders, is this really about making it rain is this really about helping egg producers or at this point are we just sort of subsidizing airports and and come and you know airline companies or flight companies whatever these weather modification companies that are flying flights and flying pilots and everything else are we just subsidizing them because that's that's really what it's beginning to look like to me and if uh if you've got a a counter point of view you agree with me call in 701-293-9000-888-970 9329. I'm hardly an expert. I'm, I'm not a farmer. I'm not an agriculture guy. I'm not a meteorologist, but I don't know. A lot of this just doesn't pass the smell test for me. And, and, and again, I, I think anecdotally, you're seeing reactions from other states. You're seeing reactions around the country that are indicating that the efficacy of this sort of program is, is dubious at best. So why are we increasing funding in North Dakota when in other places they're cutting back? I think these are questions that need to be answered. Anyway, we'll talk with Nathan Smith after this. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. It's a gay pride, uh, you know, a gay pride, I, I, I guess, a pride parade and everything celebrating in Fargo this weekend. A letter to the editor of the Fargo Forum, which is pretty amazing, from a man named Melvin Schramm in, in Carrington, doesn't like that gay pride is going to be celebrated in the Fargo area. I'm going to read this letter after this. I, I'm just kind of amazed that people still hold on to this sort of point of view in, in 2017. But we'll get to that in just a moment. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email, talk at WDAY.com. Nathan, did you see this letter to the editor? 
says, uh, headline, a pride parade is a black eye for Fargo. Oh, gross. No, I didn't even I didn't even see it. Now I'm just yeah, going to be sick listening to it. Well, I, you know, I think we need to shine a light on the stuff like this. I don't get any joy out of reading this sort of stuff either, but I, I think we got to talk about it. It's, uh, it's from a gentleman by the name of Melvin Schramm. He's from Carrington. Uh, it was just posted today on the Fargo Forum website. It reads, I quote, as Fargo goes all out to promote gay pride this weekend, it will be seen by the Christian community across the upper Midwest as a very sinful demonstration against God's words in the Bible. And then he quotes, uh, he references 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, which I could I could read to you, but essentially it, it just says that... Uh, Men who have sex with men, nor thieves from the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So I, I don't know if you, if you buy into the Bible stuff, that's in there, I guess. Um, and first, this first part, I, I think it's funny how he's how he's claiming to talk for the Christian community across the Upper Midwest. Like, pretty sure the Christian community is not unified in its point of view on homosexuality in gen- general, same-sex marriage, et cetera, et cetera. There is a lot of different views within the Christian community on that point of view. Uh, so for anybody to, to claim to speak for the Christian community as, as a general, and I certainly don't, I'm not Christian, so I guess I don't have any place to speak to it, but just as an outside observer, I know there is a spectrum of points of views within the Christian community, and everybody claiming to speak for all of them is being a fool. Uh, Melvin continues, while a minority of misguided people demonstrate and boast how they live a sinful lifestyle, millions of people are offended by their actions. I, listen, the, the the gay pride events on Fargo, I'm sure, are, are going to be great. I'm sure they're going to be successful and well attended. I doubt millions of people are going to care that much about them one way or the other. And I don't mean that to belittle the events, but give me a break, Melvin. Uh, he continues, in the August 10th forum, it refers to some of the events as family events. What a laugh. Same-sex marriages, homosexuality, transgender lifestyles are not family-friendly. Hillary thought that, and it was one of the main reasons she lost the election. The Bible also states that pride comes before the fall. Remember, gay pastors and gay churches are an abomination to God. Uh, it, it's just remarkable to me that, that this sort of thing still gets expressed publicly. Like, like this, this sort of point of view is still just out there. Um, and I, I, maybe it shouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's always going to be extreme points of view. And I think, I think today in America, in North Dakota, this is an extreme point of view. I don't think this represents anything even approaching a majority in North Dakota. I just don't. There may be people who are uncomfortable with homosexuality in North Dakota. There may be people who, um, maybe disapprove of same-sex marriage, but this idea that gay pastors are, are abominations and that uh, you know gay pride weekend is a is a black eye to Fargo. I I don't think that these are mainstream views in North Dakota anymore, or or in America generally. I think increasingly this this sort of point of view is being moved to the margins of our society, uh, and and I'm I'm happy about it. I'm glad to see this sort of point of view marginalized because this is hateful. It really is. I mean, this idea that that that, that homosexuals that, that their events are not family are just inherently not family events. Are you kidding me? Homosexuals are not somebody's mothers and daughters. They're not somebody's brothers, sisters. They're not spouses. They don't have children themselves. Come on. They're human beings, just like anybody else. 
They want to get together. They want to have a good time. They want to celebrate their lifestyle. They want to celebrate their community. Good on them. I mean, I'm not asking that everybody agree with it or that everybody like it or whatever. I'm just asking, don't get angry. Don't get upset when a group of people just want to come together peacefully and be happy together. How can that make you mad? How can that inspire hatred or anger in anybody? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Natil, I don't get it. I'm completely, I don't, I, I'm, I'm completely on board with you on on this one. The fact of the matter is, and the the individual who wrote this letter to the editor and people that share his opinion tend to be, in my view, fairly hypocritical because they don't feel the same way about, say, divorced parents. Yeah. Because divorce is not exactly looked highly upon in the Bible either. There well, there's no, lots of things. I mean, let's 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 be let's be well, clear. Exactly. Modern Christians are picking and choosing the parts of the Bible that we're applying. Today. Exactly, and and that that in and of itself is frustrating. But even if you want to, you know, deal with just the sanctity of marriage, divorce isn't okay either. And yeah, divorce, yeah, like like fifty percent of married people do it. Yeah, and divorced so. families can be family friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would hope so. I mean, listen, life's hard. All right. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in life. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to be happy. It's, it's a, it's a, you have to get up in the morning and, and you got to work at it, right? You, you got to get up in the morning and you, you got to find a way to, to be prosperous, to be productive, to be prosperous and to find happiness for yourself and maybe be able to provide a little happiness for, for people around you. Um, and, and, and so, you know what? We all make mistakes. We also, not that homosexually, I'm, I'm talking, I guess I'm talking more about divorce here. Obviously, homosexual is not a mistake. That's not the point I'm making. Uh, you just, I'm just saying life's hard and there are many paths to happiness. And if people could find happiness without hurting other people or whatever, more power to them, right? Just, just live and let live. Caller, Philip, you're up. What's going on? Hey, Rob. Yes, sir. Uh, speaking as a Christian dad, I won't agree with the hatred, but I only noticed one person getting emotional, and that was you. And you promoted the pro-gay, atheistic view for over a decade in this community. Have you not? Uh, I, I have I have promoted the idea that I am just fine with consenting adults being gay together. I, that doesn't bother me. I, yeah. I don't, I, you know, but, I don't, uh, what, what's, what's wrong with that? I mean, does it, if, 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 if two people exactly. over, if two people over there are, are gay, Philip, what does that have to do with you? Nothing. All right. So why but, not just live and let live? But, live and let live. Well, you know, I just happen to be one of these old-fashioned kind of people where I consider it a sin. I consider it a choice. If you want to be homosexual, that's fine. I'm not going to pry in your bedroom for what you do. But to call people who disagree with you and their view of homosexuality as being out of the mainstream, that's the lovely thing about people that talk all the time. They want to, people do want to belong and they want to be part of the majority. But that doesn't follow the tenets of what God has intended for me in my life. In that same respect, Rob, when you're talking the way you do and you increase and you make it sound like the people that disagree with homosexuality and homosexual marriage. See, but I don't, I don't think I did that though. I, I, I think, I think, I, I, I think I drew a, I, I, I think, I think I drew a distinction just a moment ago. Uh, saying that that not I, I don't I don't 
I don't think everybody who who thinks that homosexuality is is sinful or against their religious beliefs, I don't think they're all hateful, right? I understand that that's your spiritual belief or whatever. I'm just saying people like Melvin who can't just just make peace with the fact that some people are gay and they're going to celebrate that lifestyle. I think that's hateful. I think his letter's hateful. But not everybody who necessarily has a religious point of view on homosexuality. Phil, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Weather modification coming up next. This is Rob Port on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Rob. Report here on 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. We're going to talk weather modification, and if you've got a point of view on this, 701-293-9000, is a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. Here to talk with me about it, this is somebody I've been talking a, a lot to about about this issue, because I'm, I'm not a farmer, I, I'm not a weatherman. Um, I, I think most, Nathan, I, I, I think most farmers... Are, are pretty good amateur meteorologists. Like you you kind of have to be, right, to, to, to do this job. Yeah, it's kind of the one of the main things you rely on, and it can change your life in many ways, whether you're getting too much rain or not enough. Nathan is a, a farmer up here in Ward County. Ward County is, is one of the seven counties, well, six counties that do it entirely. Slope County does it in, in part of it. But uh, Ward County is one of the counties in North Dakota that, that does weather modification. And I, I don't know when, when I hear about weather modification, uh, Nathan. I I think it's, I think it's hubris. I, I I think it's humans thinking that they can control something as uncontrollable as the weather. I I think we're just fooling ourselves. But you have some real problems with this, particularly as our state struggles with with a drought. Uh, tell us about it. I mean, what what are your experiences with this? So, hindsight, a kind of somewhat embarrassing, you know, up until going on, but we've struggled through a lot of massively wet years even, but prior to this, you know, kind of coming aware and watching these storms dissipate over the last few years, I've seen this pattern even when I didn't realize what was going on. And even in the wet years of 2011 and 9, once these control months started, that's when our rainfall started dissipating. Well, we were able to seed a lot of our crop in June. This year, I've been watching storms with, uh, you know, a lot of frustration because we're definitely in a drought and way behind on moisture. And um, you you see, you know, and once I kind of got cued into what was going on with water modification, and you can see every time these planes go up, our storms dissipate. And storms that are dropping moisture in non-control counties get to Ward County. They break up. I farm in McHenry County as well. They We get back into McHenry County, and they start building again. All the rainfall I've gotten this year has been storms that have not been seeded pretty much 100%. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. Now I'm reading, there was a recent article in the Bismarck Tribune written by uh, Amy Dalrymple, published earlier this month. And in it, she, she refers to some numbers uh, or, or quotes some numbers from uh, Darren Langerud, who is the director of the North Dakota Atmospheric Resource Board, which is basically the state agency in charge of weather modification programs in our state. And he is claiming that that this program has suppressed hail by forty five percent and has increased rainfall fall by five five to ten percent. Those are the claims that they're making. What's your response to that? Well, I can use a quote from Daryl Langerud. He said in other publications that there is actually no statistical evidence that what they're doing can be proven one way or the other. Um, you know, the national 
Research Council, which is part of the National Academy of Sciences, their position is none of the claims can be proven that weather modification works either way. Also, the Meteorological Society has the same stance that this can't be proven. Um, you know, they say they inc- they decrease uh, hail rates, but in Ward County, we pay 30% more on average higher than non-weather mod counties. Now, also, I, 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 I want to I drill down on that because I mentioned that earlier in the program. Is that specifically because of the weather modification program, that higher rate? Well, you know, insurance companies, I think, are pretty good at job at determining how to mitigate risk. And if they're doing their math and coming up that it hails more in Ward County, so we should charge them more, why are we paying somebody on top of that to fly every storm that's in the that surfaces in the air and we're still getting hail? So any claim that they're suppressing hail and hail hail amounts based on what crop insurance we pay appears that that isn't really the case. And frankly, I would rather let not anybody mess with my weather because I can mitigate the rest myself. I don't need someone to say we can play God or we can make it rain more because other other countries and other areas of the, you know, you could, it's almost like a snake oil salesman. Like, do you want it to rain more? We can make it rain more. Do you want it to make rain less? You know, other governments will claim that weather modification be used to make it rain less that so, you know, like for the Olympics, the Chinese say they use cloud seeding to protect their venues so that they wouldn't be interrupted by storms. So, you know, our stance and, you know, most of my peers that I've talked to is we just want it to go away. You know, when you look at the state uh, historical weather, all the weather mod counties have seen a decrease in participation, where every other county in the state has seen an average increase of an inch and a half. Like the whole state is trending wetter but we're trending drier during the control months. It doesn't sound like they're increasing rainfall, but the problem is we really don't know. It's been going on for 38, 40 years. There's never been a check. There's never been any true data put together. We're taking their information and them coming and just telling us, oh, it'll rain more and where it's going to hail less. And, you know, we're spending a lot of money on this, and I think it's just turned into something for some people to get very wealthy on on the backs of taxpayers. And it's a waste of money for everybody, and if the majority of farmers in these counties don't want it, like I would say in Ward County, quit. Our county commission voted to stop. And instead, we were told we know better and stick it. We're going to fly anyways. And that's a really frustrating position to be in. And it's just kind of out of run government power. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. There was, I was reading an article that there was some, money passed to do some sort of long-term studies by the legislature, I think like back in 2002 and 2003, and they're actually expecting some of that data to come out. But in the meantime, you know, I was looking at, at the budget for the North Dakota Atmospheric Resource Board. And again, what this board does is is administer weather modification programs in the state, and their funding has almost doubled. I mean, they've gone from like $3.4 million in funding in the 2013-2015 biennium to to what is planned for about six point eight million in the two thousand seventeen two thousand nineteen biennium. I mean that is a big increase in funding, at a time when I think I think a lot of people are are you know we, we look anecdotally across the country there are articles where other states are backing off of this. The federal government seems to be backing off since the seventies has been backing off their funding and research into this. Uh, so even even here in North Dakota in in the nineteen fifties at one time thirty six of the state's fifty three counties 
participated in some sort of cloud seeding program, and yet all these other counties have backed off. So why are we clinging to this, and why are we increasing funding to this? And I think it gets to your point, which I want you to drill down a little bit. Is this really about helping farmers, or is this about subsidizing airports and and flights and and giving work to the aviation industry? Well, the only pushback that I've gotten in in my ranting and raving about that I really would like to see this quit is from people involved in aviation. You know, what it'll do to the whatever airport, or, you know, this is important for jobs in the area for flying. You know, well, unfortunately, that's not my problem. And I want these airports to survive, but this is not the way to subsidize them. If we need to subsidize our local airports for some reason, let's figure out another way to do it, because this isn't the way to do it. Because, you know, this year, we were two to three inches from raising one of the biggest crops we ever would have or that I've seen, at least in my generation. That's how close it is. And frankly, surprisingly, we have a decent crop with having virtually no rainfall. Two to three inches of rain would have gained us. It it would be amazing what we'd have out here. And I watched so many storms that they flew that were building, producing rainfall, and that just seed, seed, seed to the fact that they either dissipated or down to dumping hardly traceable amounts of moisture, and they would rebuild as they left our county or got farther to the east of Ward County. I, you know, I'm not a meteorologist, but I watch the weather every day. It's one of the po- most important things in my life. And to see that going on every time. And I know I was uh, at the fairgrounds during the state fair, and I heard that there's supposedly parameters that they're supposed to fly, and they determine that at every storm. I've watched every bleep on the radar get seeded unless it's built after 930, getting into into the evening, or built in the night coming out of the morning. And those are the only storms that we've gotten any amountable precipitation from. That's just my observation. Every other farmer that I've talked to that's been following this thing all summer is seeing the same thing going, you know, you don't have to be accredited or a meteorologist. Go, something's going on here, and it's not helping us. And you know what? We can't prove that those storms wouldn't have broken up or did anything other different. But the fact that we're just wasting a cost of money, and we'd rather just manage our risk ourselves because we have tools for that. We don't need someone to tell us we know better. Is, is, is there an issue to, and, and 701-293-9000, anyone wants to uh, join in, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Is there an issue, because I'm, I'm thinking of this like, oh, okay, so supposing, I mean, just setting aside for a moment whether or not we're actually making it rain more or not. Let's just stipulate to the idea for the sake of argument that we are making it. We, we can go up and see the cloud and may, maybe make it rain a little bit more than it would have anyway. Does that not maybe hurt? places around us if that's true i mean i mean are, are, are we are we making it rain are we making more rain or are we just stealing rain from other places because it seems to me if that's what we're doing we'd be better off just letting the weather do what it's going to do and quit quit trying i don't disagree with that point I and mean, frankly i don't think that's anything we can even answer and it's kind of back to what's going on it's almost like the government is picking winners and losers and we'd prefer just let nature play out its course like if we're going to have a drought that's fine and i'm certainly not blaming the drought on them but I think, you know, some of these storms appeared to be building. They seeded them. They dissipated. They might have dissipated anyways, and we'd be in the exact same position. But, you know, generally a storm building will build upon itself if there's energy. In these were days there was energy, and usually a building storm will drop more moisture. We don't know if that would have happened or not, and unfortunately we don't. But I know around here it's a hell of a lot easier to get a rain in September when they're done seeding and before June 1st before they start. And that's just something I've always dealt with. You know, and I even factor in when I'm seeding soybeans and some of the varieties I raise because always easier to get a rain in September. You know, you better get the crop off because September it's going to start raining. I didn't know that we've always had the seeding up until this year between June 1st and 
August 31st. And, I mean, that's just strictly an observation, and I don't know that if them not seeding or seeding makes a difference, but I prefer they just, let's, let, let's find out, you know. Let's have 38 years of non-seeding and then compare the data, and then we'll know. But, you know, we've never really it, had a true scientific study that it, would tell us not. And they can't prove themselves that it actually works. Their quotes, you know, are, well, statistically, we don't know that it works or not. Well, if we don't know, like, we're spending a lot of money, and an $8 million or whatever the budget is today could go to a lot of other better things in the state, whether well, roads, right. homeless or anything else. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 the state was scrimping and in, in, in <laughs> scrimping for every dollar at this last legislative session, and we're dedicating more money to this, which we've been doing weather modification in North Dakota in one form or another since the 1950s. I mean, we're talking about decades and decades of dedicating public dollars to something that we don't really know if it's working or not. I mean, that, that seems to, to be the, the reality. We don't stamped and swept under the rug and go on another year. I mean, yeah. this is the first real debate I've ever seen about it, and it's, I think it's eye-opening. I, I, I think it's I think it's the right debate at the right time, and uh, you know we're going to have it. And we're going to keep that information coming out. Nathan, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Call me anytime. All right, that's Nathan Smith. He's a uh, Ward County farmer. Certainly not liking this. He he and a lot of his colleagues from around the state. Not happy about weather modification. We'll wrap up the show after this. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Earlier in the program, we were talking about the letter to the editor. You can find it at the Fargo Forum. Uh, it's from a guy named uh, Melvin Schram. Says Pride Parade is a black eye for Fargo. Doesn't like gays going out and just being happy, I guess. Uh, Kyle sends a message, says... Uh, no one is telling those who disagree with homosexuality that they them, that they themselves have to be gay. Yeah, I, I I think that I think that makes the point, Natil. And it I just I mean I don't understand it. I mean nobody's okay. So so there's going to be some gay pride events in Fargo. Great. Nobody says you have to participate. Nobody says you have to like it. Nobody says you have to endorse it or anything else. I mean if 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 your your faith or your spirituality or your perspective on the world you know is is that homosexuality is sinful then more power to you you are i don't agree with you but you're entitled to your point of view but why not just let other people be happy well and that's that's exactly it i mean according to the the hindu faith for example eating beef is sinful you, right. you can't do that but hindu people aren't you know going around demonizing christians who happen to eat and who happen to well, eat beef. There are some vegans who do that. Let's... Well, but vegan, being <laughs> vegan is not a religion. Being right. vegan well, I, is a well, although, although I think I, well, okay, yeah. I, and, there, and we there, can't, are we, some, there are some sure. definitely fervent vegans out there. I will hand you that one on a silver platter, my friend. Yeah, and, and I, I, think it, I think it speaks to the point. It's not just this issue. I think society in general, we need some more live and let live, right? We need, we need some more, you know... I'm going to I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it and I'm going to have my set of beliefs and I'm going to pursue that but I'm also going to leave you room to live your life. 
right? And I, that's, that's the great struggle in society. And, and, and that's, that's really what politics is all about, right? Because we have to make rules. We have to make policies because we all live together and our lives and our properties and our interests and everything intersect one another. And at those intersections, we have to make public policy to, to try to regulate things and to provide an avenue to, to settle disputes and to make rules so that we don't hurt one another. But beyond that, I mean, I, I think the goal should always be to try to live, let, you know, leave enough room for each other to live our lives the way we want to live them, right? So that means giving, you know, people of, of whether it's Muslim or Christian or whatever who disagree with homosexuality, letting them have those beliefs and giving them some room to live their lives in that fashion if they want to because that's their choice. But then the other side of that coin is you also got to make your peace with gay pride parades because those are going to happen too and that is the cost that is the price that is the great challenge of living in a free society because it's not just all about you it's not just about your first amendment right to go out and say what you want and and to make people angry and to have provocative points of view or to have controversial points of view it's not just about you but you also have to deal with the fact that other people are going to have things that you might not like they might be gay, for instance, and if you don't like that, fine, but you're going to have to make your peace with it because living in a free society, that's just comes with it. And you'll usually, Natil, this is a talking point I make when we're talking about uh, people coming from other parts of the world, like, like you know, for instance, Muslim, you know, fundamentalists coming into America and they want to, like, dictate how, how they want to live on everybody else. And, and I'm sorry, you can't just come here and be offended by the fact that other people are going to live their lives the way they want to because we are a free society and that's the price of admission. Jay Thomas show coming up next. This has been the Rob Report. I'm always here Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Oh, feeling that same old way.